the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for your presence today. During his earthly ministry, Jesus said, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. That truth is as relevant today as it was then. If we had the mind of Christ, everything we think, say, or do would be fueled by the Spirit of God. Instead, Christians and non-Christians alike are often focused on worldly pleasures. The evidence is clear. Our emphasis is devastatingly derailed. Thus, everything God made perfect for us is broken. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander gets us back on track. We must not be afraid to go where the Lord sends us. Serving the Lord is an adventure. He may send us to do ministry in a small town. He may send you to do ministry in a large city, a small church. He may send you to a large church, a traditional church, a non-traditional church, a denominational church, a non-denominational church. He may also send us where it is extremely hot or extremely cold. He may even send you to a a foreign country. Now, some of you are afraid to say, God, here I am, send me. Now, you know, I can tell you right now why some of you are afraid to say that, because he may tell you to do something you don't want to do. He may, he may say, I want you to go somewhere that you don't want to go. I love Isaiah 6, 8. Isaiah 6, 8. It says, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Who's the us? The Trinity. Not the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. See the triune Godhead right here. Who will go for us? Look at Isaiah. Then I said, here am I, send me. Can, can you say that today? Some of y'all too scary, 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 scary. Scary, scary, scary. I want the God. I, I he might tell me to go. You know, when you love God, wherever he wants you to go, you'll go. Whatever he wants you to say, you'll say. Whatever he wants you to do, you'll do. And whatever he wants you to be, you will be. And you know what? Anytime you obey God, God will bless you in ways you can't imagine simply because you obey, obeyed him. Let me tell you something. Let, repeat that for me. God, God blesses, blesses obedience. obedience. Say it again. God, God blesses, blesses obedience. obedience. My wife and I are so blessed. We bless because we're obeying God. Amen. Hey, you want to get blessed, start obeying him. Amen. He'll make you look good when you're broke. That's right. Folk try to hurt you, they help you. They try, they try to stab you in the back, they end up blessing you. That's right. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I feel no evil, for thou art with me. That's right. You, 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 that's right. Your enemies th- try to think they, they hurt you, and they end up helping you. They 
can't, you, listen, when you, the devil and all his demons and your worst enemy can't stop you from advancing when your heart is right with God. Did y'all hear what I just said? <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, let me, let me throw this in for extra. When you begin to obey God, should, should you mess up, uh, have a slip or fall or whatever that is, and God knows your heart is right toward him, he will even take your blunders and your failures and work them out for his glory and your good. God knows how to even clean up your mess when your heart is right. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He knows how to restore what the locusts have eaten and still, and folks think it's over. He's down and out. They're counting, they're counting down. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And you up. You're not down. You can't keep a child of God down when he loves God and living holy before God. God knows how to clean up your mess. And folks are wondering, how did he get back up? I thought the devil had him. No, the devil didn't get him. Because God knew the heart. God knows what you don't know. And just, and, and let me tell you something. God, I, I'm trying to get further. Just because you get through with folk, uh-huh, there it is, it's over. Don't mean God's through with them. That's right. Because God sees way down the line. And by the way, be careful how you treat people. <laughs> that same person you mistreat, <laughs> you might have to walk in their office for a job. <laughs> A promotion, a certification. You never know how you're going to run into to, to folk. All I'm saying, you say, wait, where is that going? Be careful how you treat people, how you act around them, because you really don't know who's who. Huh? You really don't know. Young folk, be careful. Be, don't burn your bridges. Watch how you leave home. Watch how you, that's right. Even if you've been on a job, I don't care if you've been there five months, watch how you leave. Watch how you leave. Don't leave anything disrespectfully. Leave with honor. Leave with integrity. Leave. Listen, when you leave the house, don't just leave that house. Tell your mama you're gone. Tell your daddy you're gone. Tell them where you're going. If you're real good, you tell them when you're coming back. That's right. That's right, because you never know how you might have to come back to that house. You never know where life will find you. Now, I don't know why I went all that way, but somebody needed it. It's somebody right here in this section. <laughs> here, I, here am I. Send me. Here I am, God. I'm not here but a little while anyhow. I'm going to die. You already told me I'm not going to be here long. I may as well make it count. I'm going to make it count. The scripture says in verse 35 that Jesus went about teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus did not allow anything to distract from his ministry and teaching his ministry of teaching and preaching. Regrettably, in many of our churches today, biblical Christ-centered preaching has been replaced with entertainment, praise and worship, fellowship, and a whole lot of religious activities. 
Long, 45 minutes. They jumping and praising and worshiping God and jumping energy. And then they get, when the preaching time come, they get tired and they sleep and they chew gum and they get on the internet from the church. Second Timothy, some of y'all texting in here now and you, your mind, that's why you need the Bible so you won't have these pop-ups. <laughs> won't y'all say amen? You know, all these ads and stuff coming in that technology. I've never seen a pop-up in the scriptures, in the pages. I've not seen one pop-up. Not one ad. One ad. That's why you need to bring a book so you won't get all the distractions. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Ghost. Second <laughs> Timothy 4.2 says, preach the word. That's what the church is like. The church is lacking for that now. People want music and entertainment and thrills. Preach the word, says 2 Timothy 4.2. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and with teaching. You see, uh, verse, verses 35b through 36. Verse 35b through 36 is the compassion of the Savior. The compassion of the Savior. And healing every sickness and disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude. He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Now, Jesus was a compassionate savior. If you want to know what compassion is, look at Jesus. He epitomizes compassion. To be compassionate is to be moved inwardly and possess tender mercy. Uh, to be compassionate is to be affectionate toward others. To have pity on those who are downtrodden, hurting, in pain, grieving. To have empathy for the needs of others. Isaiah 49, 13 says, Sing, O heavens, be joyful, O earth, and break out in singing, O mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people, I love this phrase, and will have mercy on his afflicted. God is a merciful God, and he will have mercy on you who are afflicted. Second Corinthians chapter one, verses three and four also says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies, of mercies. Great is his faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies we see. They are new every morning. The father of mercies and God of all comfort. The Universal Church is commanded to seek the unsaved. No person, no place, no situation, no betrayal, no threat of physical harm was off limits to Jesus as he journeyed from place to place during his ministry to seek and save the lost. God expects no less from us. The Bible tells us to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways, we are to acknowledge him and he shall direct our paths. Our omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God will equip us with everything we need to obediently carry out his will. Nobody can comfort you like the Lord who comforts us in all our tribulation. He comforts us in our pain, in our, through our uncertainties and issues of life, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. God sends us through things so that we'll know how to comfort others uh, when, when, when we, because we have gone through those things, 
So when you see others who are in trials and in persecution, then you are able to comfort them because you've been there. And that's what this is saying, that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Not only did Jesus preach the gospel, but he put his message into action. Jesus, who was the great physician, miraculously healed and delivered many who were demon possessed. And I, as I read through the Gospels, I, it, 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 through all the pages of the Gospels, you just uh, uh, all, all the books, the Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Jesus had a deliverance ministry. He, he had compassion on people. I mean, people were so de- demon possessed. And you know what? That's much of that is going on in our society. Even now, we want to call it, you know, they, they, they got mental problem. Most of what we call mental is demonic. Now, some, a few have mental problems and psychological issues. I know that. But a lot of this underneath is spiritual. And we try to give folk medication for everything. You can't medicate a demon out of people. Okay, I'm going to give them some, uh, some, uh, uh, some kind of little antidote and they'll be demon free. No. These things come by fasting and prayer. He healed sick, the disease during his earthly ministry, which he did all this as he did it. It validated that he was the Messiah. It also validated when he healed the sick and delivered people uh, that he was God in human flesh. If your preaching and teaching does not move you to have compassion toward the very people you are ministering to, then there is a great spiritual disconnect. When you genuinely love people, now so, you know the problem is a lot of folk doing ministry, but they don't love people. That's why they're so mean and grouchy and they run folk off because they don't love them. When you genuinely love people, you will have compassion for them in the midst of their poverty. When they're hungry, you will have compassion. You'll have compassion on those who are in crisis, those who are worried. I mean, they're being choked to death on worry. Those who are distressed, those who are fearful, those who are sick, in pain, suffering, grieving the death of loved ones, you'll have compassion on them. Your compassion should move you to action. If it does not, you need to ask yourself why. Beloved, where is your compassion for people in your life? Where is the compassion? And if you're angry, you can't have compassion. If you have unforgiveness in your heart, you can't have compassion. If you're bitter, you can't have compassion. If you're mean, you can't be compassionate. Jesus had a balanced ministry. He was not only concerned about lost souls, he also met the emotional and physical needs of people as well. Many in the crowd were not spiritually satisfied and had become weary because of being weighed down by the weight of their sins. People, they were weighed down by religion, they were weighed down by tradition, and they were weighed down by ritual. So much so that our Lord said in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 20, come unto me. And what a wonderful three words that's so appropriate, appropriate even now. For you who are hurting, for you who are in pain, for you who are disturbed, for you who are sick, for you who are afraid, For you who are stressed and de-stressed, the word of God, Jesus himself says, 
Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your soul. Money cannot rest your soul. People cannot give you rest. Vacations can't give you rest. You can go on a vacation and come back just a hot mess. Some folk have their best fights on vacation. That's right. Some of y'all laughing because you know it's true. As Christians, we must be compassionate. We must give people hope. We are in a hopeless society. And if there's ever time people need hope, children need hope. Even people that look like they're well off need hope. The very person you think got it all together may be on the verge of suicide. Just because they're dressed up, looking nice, wearing designer glasses and shoes and dresses and coats and all this stuff don't mean their life is all together. As Christians, we must be compassionate and give people hope, which comes only through Christ alone. The scripture says in verse 36, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. When Jesus saw them, look, like sheep having no shepherd, he saw the multitudes. He saw that the multitudes were scattered and going astray. He saw them having no shepherd, which resulted in their being spiritually neglected and they were spiritually helpless. And and it's a sad day when people can come to the Lord's house and be spiritually helpless and neglected from the house of God. The multitude had no spiritual direction because there was no one to teach them the truth of God's word. And so it is even today. There are people going to church. They're assembling themselves together, but when they leave, they leave just as empty. Now, sometimes it's their fault, and sometimes it's the preacher's fault. Now, if you come in and you just cross your leg and just say, uh, preach me happy, sing me happy, pray me happy, give me happy, you're going to leave with nothing. That's right. If you come here expecting nothing, you're going to leave with nothing. That's right. But if you come here saying, Lord, fill my cup, fill my life. I'm seeking you today. Don't let me miss what you want me to know. God will honor that kind of prayer. And then some people, uh, in some churches, there's a, famine in the, there's a famine of the word in the church, and the people leave empty, they leave distraught, because the pulpit does not have a word coming from it. You see, I'm coming from the word. We're read, we're going by verses through the word of God. If you haven't shut your Bible up, you see, I'm going straight down the word. I'm not giving you my opinion. He saw, Jesus saw that the multitudes were scattered and going astray, having no shepherd, which resulted in their being spiritually neglected and helpless. The multitude had no spiritual direction because there was no one to teach them the truth of God's word. Instead of spiritual leaders leading the people to God, many teachers led the people away from God, resulting in their losing heart, growing weary, lacking courage, being dejected and hopeless, having no one to protect or care for them. The Pharisees and scribes who claim 
to be their shepherds and spiritual leaders, they were real, irresponsible, unloving, uncaring, negligent because they led the people into confusion and bondage. The Pharisees and scribes, the religious leaders, they burdened the people with religion. They burdened the people with tradition. They burdened the people with rituals. And God has a word for shepherds who don't do their job according to the law of God. And you say, where's that word? Okay, it's in Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 2 through 5. You know why I want to get it straight and get it right? Because I feel God and I'm accountable to him and I'm going to answer to him for every sermon I preach. Oh, by the way, you're going to answer to him based on your attitude of learning and your attitude of disposition. Okay, Ezekiel 34, 2 through 5, look what it says. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds, the leaders of Israel. Give them this message from the sovereign Lord. What sorrow awaits you, shepherds, who feed yourselves instead of your flocks? Shouldn't shepherds feed their sheep? You drink the milk, wear the wool, and butcher the best animals, but you let the flocks starve. You have not taken care of the weak. You have not tended the sick or bound up the injured. You have not gone looking for those who have wandered away and are lost. Instead, you have ruled them with harshness and cruelty. You've been dictators. You've been mean. Verse five. So my sheep have been scattered without a shepherd. And they are easy prey for any wild animal. That is a powerful, powerful passage of the stewardship of shepherds and preachers of the word of God. My friend, what is needed today are pastors who genuinely love their flock and will faithfully meet the spiritual needs of the congregation that the Lord has assigned to them. I have been assigned to you by God, and you have been assigned to me by God. I am responsible for what I preach and say and how I lead. You are responsible for how you receive and carry out and implement what you've heard from the pulpit. There's accountability on both on both sides. Why don't y'all say amen? amen? This cannot be done unless pastors possess the mind of Christ. Pastors must be servants of Christ. And pastors must love the people of Christ. That's why I stand down here and talk. You know, I can pack my book Bible up and go into my office and be gone down to somewhere to eat. But I hang around. I'm usually one of the last ones to leave here. Why? Because I enjoy talking to you. Now, I'm sitting there waiting for time, and I'm just talking to myself or whatever. And it's all y'all going out and finding somebody to have mercy on. They come up and talk to me. Now, today I have 100 people because I said it. <laughs> But um, but I hang around and I talk. I play with the children. I go in the nursery. I move around. I go in the classrooms. I go on the youth retreats with the kids. I get in the water with the kids. I challenge the kids. I love the kids. We have question and answers where they can ask me all kinds of questions. 
Why am I there? Well, because number one, <laughs> I didn't have it when I was your age. You kids, you, do, you know how, do you know how blessed you are? I didn't know what a youth retreat was when I was 13 and nine. Youth, what? All you had was a youth choir. That was, that was it. I mean, your math count, science count, youth days, Mo Ranch. I'm trying to call all this other stuff y'all have. You have all of this and don't take advantage of it. So I, I'm trying to make up for what I didn't get when I was 10. <laughs> I enjoy being around the youth because I realize I'm responsible for the elders all the way down to the youngest. One time I went to Mo Ranch, I was so sick, I drugged myself and ended up a few days later right in the hospital. First time in the hospital, about four years ago, straight to the hospital from 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 Mo Ranch. And I was trying to get there as sick as I was to have a presence there because I loved them so. That's I'm with the flock. I'm with you. I love you. You matter to me. We're teaching the strategies of Satan on Wednesdays. Why am I teaching it? Because I love you and I don't want you to be duped by the enemy. I care for you. You matter to my wife and I. I love you. If you don't love me, I love you. Y'all hanging with me? The Bible tells us to fear not for God is with us. Be not dismayed for he is our God. He will strengthen us. He will help us. He will uphold us with the right hand of his righteousness. We must not be afraid, nor ashamed, nor slothful. We must be bold. We must be willing. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit. God is able and he won't fail. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas or call us at 210-821-5683. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.